0: The Cincinnati Reds right into Milwaukee on their fourth winning streak of at least five games this season. Just how high will this winning streak take the Reds? And how long are these budding stars under team control? You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: You are Locked on Reds. Thanks for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked on Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. We are your team every day. I'm Stephen Offenbaker. He's Jeff Carr, and we are diehard baseball fans. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. We have taken our love of the game, our passion for baseball, and we have turned that passion into information for you on today's podcast we are talking sweet baby as the reds take care of business in a three game weekend set against the arizona diamondbacks and pull within just a half game of the brewers who they open a three game series with tonight in milwaukee the reds also now hold the first wild card in the playoff race in case you didn't know these reds They are competitive. And speaking of the competition window, we're also going to take a look at that window and see just how long the Reds front office can keep that window open. Uh, Jeff, probably a great spot to start today, though, is with this sweep Uh, three games over the weekend at Great American Ballpark against a team that's been playing pretty well. And the Reds take care of business.
0: Yeah, and you know what? You got to give your flowers to Corbin Burns and to to Cattell Marte. Like, they did their best to make sure that the Diamondbacks at least kept it competitive. But uh, the Corbin (sighs) – yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I did that. He's on my mind. Whatever it is. Uh, I, I, he's in my head. Rent free. Must be. Anyway, yes, big time sweep for the Red Legs. And the lineup absolutely kicked some butt. Looking at a bunch of different dudes, I mean, with the way that the Reds played in this, we told you not to get two down on the six-game losing streak that the Reds just endured because this Reds team has it in them to completely right the ship. And... Here we are. It was a beautiful weekend, and everything that we saw the Reds do during their amazing winning streak just a month ago, they were doing this weekend against the Diamondbacks.
1: Absolutely correct. I want to start with my guy, Matt McClain. Look, I'm going to show this is my Matt McClain jersey, <laughs> Jeff. Totally. Shut up. <laughs> totally. It's a Matt McClain yeah. jersey. <laughs> Absolutely. But I want to start with Matt McClain because he had himself a series. Uh, you know, I've been waiting for him to kind of have another a little breakout stretch. He had been just fine, but waiting for the power to reemerge, waiting for him to to do something special uh, to establish himself back out there in front again. And he did that in this series, Jeff, he was five for 11 with two home runs, Mm -hmm. including that grand slam. I don't know if you saw it. I hope you did see it. Uh, the dugout celebration after the grand slam, they're all in the city connects. The whole team is in on the picture. It was probably my favorite. One of those posed pictures so far this season, but Matt McClain has really continued to, to, push himself out for me as you know i know we've talked about spencer steer rookie of the year but i really think if matt mcclain continues to play like he has the rest of the way he's really legitimately in this conversation and i'll go a step further than that i am ready for the reds to put the C on his chest you know it's been a while since we've had a captain around here uh the last captain's currently calling the games up in the broadcast booth i think it's time to have another one I think it, it shows a commitment to Matt McClain. It shows a commitment to this youth movement. Uh, put the C on his chest.
0: It was said tongue-in-cheek about a player who occupied the position that Matt McClain plays the most. Uh, this last year and, uh, Matt McLean deserves it. 100 times more than that individual Matt McLean can do everything. Matt McLean fields like an all pro Matt McLean hits like an all pro he runs the base. I know he's been caught stealing four times, but he runs the bases like an all pro this dude looks like he's been doing it for years and years and years. And not only am I going to agree with you, I am going to second that and say, yes, if, if you're asking the lockdown reds podcast, today, who deserves the C on their chest at any point in their career? No one deserves it more than Matt McClain. Joey Votto, I don't think has deserved it more than Matt McClain deserves it now. Because Matt McClain also shows himself to be a leader. Matt McClain also shows himself to be that guy that players for years to come are going to be able to gravitate toward. And he has personality differences from Joey Votto that just make it so easy to put that C on his chest and, and whether or not the Reds actually ever do that again, I don't know, but it's evident to me. And this is something that we constantly, you know, discuss when it comes to the idea of trading Jonathan India of what happens to the team camaraderie and the team chemistry. If that were to ever happen, if they trade Jonathan India, the answer is Matt McClain just leads everybody into the next chapter.
1: Because Absolutely.
0: end. And it feels like
1: maybe you peeked at my notes for the uh, the next segment when we're talking about Jonathan India. But uh, I, I will say this also, to your point, uh, just because I don't want to get blown up in the comments about Joey Votto. If Joey Votto had played his entire career personality-wise, like he's played it the last couple years, oh, uh, easily, I think yeah. he gets the C on his chest in his second or third year. Probably, you know, before he wins the MVP. He becomes the team captain. Uh, just didn't work out. Baseball was a little different back then, but I absolutely agree with you. Uh, on, on the things you said about Matt McClain, uh, you deserve to take a little bit of a victory lap because oh. everybody was worried about Ellie yes. de la Cruz, everybody was wondering where the power went. I even saw some people tweet that they should send him down.
0: <sighs> well. Ahead. And see, here's the thing, Steve, because the Victory Lap you're referring to is on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Gar with three Fs. And um, I, you know, it would be nice. Oh, hey, I happen to have it right here. Yes. Uh, Tweet from at Klein 14 Shout out to Noah. He's an everydayer. He says, is it time to switch Ellie and Will Benson in the batting order? And I replied... And this was on Saturday. I said, I predict, and this was Saturday early morning, really more like Friday night. I said, I predict an off day and then a bounce back. Ellie De La Cruz was off on Saturday. Ellie De La Cruz hit a home run in the bottom of the first inning on Sunday. Now, that was his only hit of the game. However, I'm going to one-up that because he looked phenomenal. He had two hard hit balls, two two. Exit velo balls over 110 miles an hour. His home run was 110.7 miles an hour. And then he actually hit one harder in the seventh inning, ended up being a force out to end the seventh inning, but it was 111 miles an hour off his bat. He did this, I believe it was Thursday against the Giants, he was 0-4, but all four balls he put in play and all four balls were over 95 miles an hour on the exit velo. He is murdering the baseball right now, and I'm going to just continue this and say he's going to continue this. He is going to bring the power back. We're going to continue to see that. What was it they said that that's his first RBI since – what was it July fourth or maybe that was Spencer Steer that the other day he got it. I'm mixing up stats here, but basically this is Ellie breaking out of a pretty significant little slump there in uh the middle of his rookie season. Was very, very happy to see it though.
1: And and to your point with uh the hard hit, you know, the fact of the matter is he is making great contact. It means he's mm-hmm. seeing the baseball. He's He's just not hitting it. You know the old adage, "Hit it where they ain't," right? He's just not. Uh, he's not quite there. It's a little bit of bad luck, I think. So, uh, I think you're right. He he's going to continue to move forward. He's going to continue to progress. There is no need to panic on what Ellie De La Cruz is doing. Uh, but not to be outdone, since we're talking about the rookies, Spencer Steer. This series also had himself a pretty good series, Jeff. Matter of fact, he went six for 13 for RBIs. But here was one of the things that, that jumped out at me because David Bell continues to ask Spencer steer to just do everything, go play some corner infield, play both sides of the infield, play some outfield. You know what? Why don't you lead off today? (laughs) You know? And what does he do? He goes two for four from the leadoff position. So, I mean, Spencer steer continues to just be so impressive because He's really unflappable. He just goes out there and plays his game every day. And it's like he told us, Jeff. He doesn't care where he plays. He likes to move around. He just wants to be on the field. And nobody has handled the uncertainty of the day-to-day better than Spencer Steer. I can't think of anybody in recent memory that has done this well. Maybe Chris Bryant for the Cubs uh, in moving around and doing different things. Maybe a Zobrist. Type of guy, but they're very few and far between. And Spencer Steer really has just embraced it all and just delivers and delivers and delivers.
0: Yeah, he is the biggest chameleon on the team. It doesn't matter what you ask him to do. He is going to do it. And I'll say this too, and, and kind of uh, continuing on the guys that had good performances, Brandon Williamson had a beautiful start of six innings. He only had one run allowed with five strikeouts and one walk to his name there on the Saturday game. And he's a guy, we, we talk ad nauseum about Andrew Rabbit. We talk all the time about Graham Ashcraft and his bounce back and how he's looking good. Why don't we talk about Brandon Williamson enough. And he is a guy for me that even with this start, I still say he's on the fringe of trust. I don't think that he's on the circle of trust just yet where, you know, I, I said this about Graham Ashcraft and Andrew Rabbit that every fifth day, I know I can trust them to go out there and put the Reds in the best position to win. I think Brandon Williamson is getting there and probably with one more start, just like this one, he'll be there. But the the performances that he is starting to put together here recently have just really intrigued me. He reminds me a lot, and of course we'll see him here in about a month or two, of Nick Lodolo. And just the way that he pitches with the breaking ball, with the fastball that he can set up the breaking ball with. And I think that he has shown to have a lot of potential moving forward. If you recall, when he was called up, one of the
1: things that I kept saying was I didn't think he was quite ready and that what i really wanted for him was to him to come up to the big leagues pitch in the rotation be around Derek Johnson every day and continue Mm. to develop that. I thought he had reached a plateau down at triple a. And I think that's what we're seeing. I think we're seeing as he gets more and more big league exposure, more and more time with his coaching staff, more and more time facing big league hitters. He's just continuing to improve. And this is exactly what he needed to kind of kick it in gear. Uh, I think he was farther behind any of the other pitchers that the reds have called up for the starting rotation that were expected to be in the starting rotation. Now I'm not talking about the spot guys and, and the dude's name Kennedy that we're never going to see again. I'm talking about the guys we expected to be here. He was probably the furthest behind in that position group. So I, I'm not surprised that it's taken this long, and I hope that this really is him turning the corner because it's going to be a very interesting problem that the Reds have next spring training trying to pick the five guys. So uh, I, I really hope yes. that we continue to be at a point where there's a competition. Heading into spring, and you've got seven legitimate arms for five spots. That would be tremendous heading into a baseball
0: season. Seven of them all under team control, which we'll definitely get into here in just a moment. But a quick uh a shout out as well this weekend. The bullpen was outstanding, except for Fernando Cruz didn't have his best weekend. But and Levi Stout. Eh. I'm not really sure what Levi Stout is at this point. Well, he's still got lots to work on, lots of time to work on it, but Alexis Diaz looked phenomenal. He was back to his dominant self, and I think for me, the biggest thing that I felt with Alexis Diaz over the weekend and and, and the all-encompassing thought process with this Reds team of how beautiful it was to see them play as well as they did, Alexis Diaz didn't have to pitch on Sunday, and he's rested for Milwaukee.
1: Exactly. Exactly. He got two saves on the series, Jeff. He got number 28 and 29. The rest of the bullpen did look great. Even Ian Jabot, who I break into a full sweat every time he comes into a game. Ian Jabot got out. He got his work done. So, you know, I'm happy for that. Buck Farmer looked tremendous yesterday. Uh, I thought Lucas Sims did a, a good job coming in after Levi Stout and kind of nailing things down in a game where we really shouldn't have had to worry about nailing things down. But Yes. Sims did his job. Uh, the rest of these guys have looked good, and, and you're absolutely right. Having Diaz going into this game today against the Brewers, uh, it's nice to know that Diaz is available in the back end.
0: Yeah, and I I love that strategy from David Bell on Saturday, on Sunday. I think he played that perfectly well. I, I'm with you. I, I was kind of hoping Levi Stout would actually finish off the game there, but um, there, there's still more to see from him. But look, we told you. Don't get too down on this Reds team because they're good. And there's lots more where that came from because the Reds have control over all of these young phenoms for a while. Like seriously, we're going to tell you just how much the Reds roster continuity should excite you coming up next. Before we tell you about that, though, I want to tell you about our sponsor here today, and that is Sleeper. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Sleeper. And if you want a chance to win more money with less picks, you should head to Sleeper, where you can win up to 100 times your money. Yes, 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball pick sleepers got this beautiful new daily fantasy platform and they're offering up to 100 times the payout for up to eight pick contests all you have to do is uh, you can choose up to eight players choose as many as eight players that you like and then you can take your favorite stat categories like homers steals hits strikeouts for pitchers all this other stuff strikeouts for hitters as well you can go more or less on that and you pick more or less it's that simple Picks take very little time. You can get your picks done in just a few minutes and watch the winnings rack up. Because if you win, you can win big with sleeper. We're talking 100 times, up to 100 times. Uh, like, you know, if you think Joey is going to bang, then you should smash more on the homers. You think Ellie's going to run, like he loves to, then smash more on the steals. And like I said, 30 seconds or less, for entries and when it comes to the end game when we all want to get paid they have safe and fast withdrawals use promo code locked on and you'll get up to a 100 match on your first deposit as well so head to sleeper today and use the promo code locked on to get up to a 100 match on your first deposit and start winning up to 100 times your money terms and conditions apply see sleepers terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 states check out sleeper today As always, if you can't be down at the ballpark, which will be up in Milwaukee for the next couple of days, then you can catch the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. And thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every day, every day as The Reds are finishing their season series with the Brewers and have to make some hay in this three-game set. We'll dissect their performance with a fine-tooth comb on tomorrow's podcast but steve what we're going to use a fine tooth comb on right now is the roster because as we continue to talk about the reds should trade for this or they should make a trade for that or they should probably look at signing free agents at this position and that position let's talk about just how many guys they have under contract because it's a lot of them and it's team control contract
1: let's let's be clear what we're talking about here minimal money team control. a matter of fact, the only real guaranteed money on the books moving forward as of right now is Hunter Green with the extension that the Reds signed him. So let's do this. For the YouTube folks, uh, you get to see our faces a lot all the time. We're going to just hide behind this graphic for you folks so you can keep up with what Jeff and I are talking about. For the audio listeners, we're going to read through these things as we're having the conversation so you're not missing out. If you want to see the graph, jump over to YouTube later and and check out the graph uh, on the screen. But Jeff, this paints a very clear picture of what we're talking about. The first batch of free agents don't hit the open market, uh, barring anything being done by the Reds. The Reds could do absolutely nothing between now and 2027 and lose nobody that's a major player from this team that's contributing right now. Uh, The 2027 crop of free agents is three guys. It's Jake Fraley, Jonathan India, and Tyler Stevenson. Those are the first three guys to hit the open market if nothing is done. So I want to set it up like this, Jeff. We had a conversation about this over on our Discord community server uh, during the game yesterday. If you're not following us over there, join us. It's a great time. The link is down in the description of the show. Uh, But one of the things is who should we trade? Who shouldn't be signed? I really feel like you have to start by asking yourself some basic questions. The first question is, Can the Reds sign every single person on the team? Yeah, they could. They could. That's the wrong answer, Jeff. They could sign every single person on this team. But now you have to ask yourself a more realistic question. Will the Reds sign everybody on this team? That's where your answer comes in. No, they will not sign everybody on this team. What you have to do from there is... Ask yourself what's realistic. What I think is realistic, Jeff, is that the Reds signed two pitchers. They've already signed one, and they picked two hitters to get an extension done with. For my money, the second pitcher in that group is one of Lodolo and Abbott. And on the hitting side of things, it's got to be Ellie De La Cruz and Matt McClain. Those are the two guys that you're trying to get contracts done with. What that means... Yeah. Everybody else on this list is you you write them until two years of eligibility and then you churn, you trade, you restock and you create a perpetual winning situation.
0: Yeah, and I think that it's important to note as well, because we started off the conversation by saying, yes, there are only three guys that we need to worry about uh, free agency in 2027 being Fraley, India and Stevenson. That is three of 15 players. The Reds have 15 legitimate major league players. There's not a person on this list that I look at and I say, he's got to prove something, or I don't know, maybe not. Maybe he's not going to be there. He could really fail. I feel like all these guys are bona fides and it's 15 dudes that the earliest arbitration obviously is Fraley, Indian Stevenson outside of those three guys. Then you're looking at Alexis Diaz and Nick Lodolo in 2025, before they even become arbitration eligible to say nothing of their free agency status. And when you look at Ellie De La Cruz and Matt McClain, the biggest reason that you start out with those two guys, number one, you start out with Ellie De La Cruz period, because he will be the youngest guy whenever it comes to his age, at free agency. Most of these guys will be right there around 30, some of them 29, some of them older than 30. TJ Frieda will be 33 by the time he hits free agency, just on his current team-controlled contract. Ellie De La Cruz will be 27. So if you can buy out maybe one, two, or even three of his free agency seasons, that's what we're talking about here because the key to Hunter Green's contract the length is nice, but to be honest with you, the length is only his rookie contract, his team control team control contract, plus two, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's including the, the team option for $21 million in his final year of the contract that he signed. With that, the Reds know exactly what they are paying him. Over the next seven years, they know exactly how much they have to fork out each and every season to him. They don't have to go through arbitration or anything like that. For a guy like Ellie De La Cruz, if you don't sign him, probably by the end of next year, he's going to be too expensive. If yeah. if you're looking at a long term deal, and and you're also talking about negotiating with Scott Boris, so that that's going to be a very interesting prospect to get him signed. But that it, he honestly. I think over Nick Lodolo and or Andrew Abbott, uh, he needs to be the next person that the red sign to a long-term extension.
1: Yeah, I think when it all shakes out, two and two still sounds right to me. Two pitchers, two two yeah, position like players. That. And, you know, I think part of this conversation, Jeff, is to really paint a picture of of just how wide open this window is. Uh, we're talking about these 15 guys, these are the 15 guys that are in the majors right now. Noelvi Marte is not on this list. Connor Phillips is not on this list. Chase Petty is not on this list. Uh, Arroyo, Edwin Arroyo is not on this list. There's still a lot more talent coming. So when you look at the big picture and we talk about when guys hit free agency, those first three dudes is 2027. The next batch isn't until 2029, Jeff. 2029. If the Reds do nothing, the core of this team right now is in place pretty much through 2029.
0: And I want to talk a little bit more about this, this idea We're we're going to look more into the, the thought process of trading a player to maximize their value and kind of churn the roster over and what all that means. And kind of the time frame that we're talking about here, that's going to be coming up next. Before we get to that, though, I wanted to let you know that you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. And I totally hijacked that from Steve. So that's you why did.
1: If, I was. I if was you're totally watching cool. on YouTube,
0: that's why his face just went, what? Um, but also, you can follow cool. us in between. You keep
1: talking. Just talk it up.
0: <laughs> you can follow us in between episodes on Twitter. You can follow me at JeffGar with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. You can follow the show at Lockdown Reds. You can also join us in the Discord chat. We have a great Reds community talking Reds baseball on the Lockdown Reds Discord. Like Steve said, the link is in the description. Please click on it. We'd love to have you in the Discord group. Okay, we have been talking about Reds team control. This is something that um, we were asked the other day about. Very good question, to be honest with you. And I was very much looking forward to this discussion because – with these 15 guys. And we're talking about so many dudes. We're talking about Ellie de la Cruz, Matt McClain, Spencer Steer, Will Benson, Christian Encarnacion Strand, Andrew Abbott, Brandon Williamson, Hunter Green, Nicoladolo, Graham Ashcraft, Alexis Diaz, TJ Friedel, Jake Fraley, Jonathan Indian, and Tyler Stevenson. I didn't name a single person that anybody's like, yeah, who cares about that guy? We care deeply about all of these players, about we all do. 15 of these guys. And the interesting part about this is, is like Steve said, they're not going to sign what is likely or what can the reds do and what will they do? They can sign everybody. They probably won't sign everybody. I can go to the gym every day this week. I will not do that. So when it comes to what the reds will likely do two and two, two position players, two pitchers, and then everybody else kind of goes into the roster wheel, the, the roster churn and you don't even have to worry about trading any one of these 15 players until 2025. Yeah, that, that, and we, where we get that number
1: from Jeff, I think we should explain a little bit. So if you're watching on YouTube, you're seeing it on the chart for the audio listeners, 2025 is the target year for the opening of a trade window for three guys, Fraley, Indian Stevenson, because that's, where a trade would consider them going to another team with two years of team control remaining. That mm-hmm. makes it a little, more, a little more palatable for another team to give up something meaningful if they're not just renting the player. So we've identified two years to a year and a half as the prime trading window for these players if the Reds are not going to extend them. Uh, So that means will they trade Tyler Stevenson, Jonathan India, Jake Fraley? Well, they could. And I think that if they're not extended, they should. Uh, I think gone are the days. Gone are the days, uh, except for very rare exceptions where uh, you have a multi multi players on a team that play their whole career on that team. We're not going to see that in Cincinnati. We're going to see the Tampa type churn, and I'm okay with that. You know, I can like Jonathan India, and I can believe that he's a valuable part of this lineup right now and a valuable member of this team and also be okay with when the time comes, if he's not extended, that he needs to be traded for the long-term good of the franchise. Uh, You can't let guys walk for free. You You can't cling to them with nostalgia. You can't cling to them with, you know, the thing we do here in Cincinnati, we fall in love with these ball players, um very quickly. Uh, I, I cite Puig and Dietrich as guys that, you know, I mean, very quickly, everyone loved them and they were gone. And maybe it was sad as they caught their flight out of CVG and then nobody cares. It, it's just the nature of the beast. Now, I know some of these players are better than others. But at the end of the day, I, I think that Nick Crawl has really found a working formula. He's really found a good plan. And this is part of that. You can't you can't be okay with the plan up until the point where he's got to restock. You have to be okay with the plan in totality. And I remind you how many people were upset when Luis Castillo was traded. How many people were upset when Tyler Malley was traded? I remember people being mad about Tyler yeah. Malley being traded. And who did that? I forget, Jeff. Who, who did that get back in return?
0: Uh, that would be Spencer Steer, Christian Encarnacion, Strand, and then uh, half of the trade that acquired Will Benson.
1: Bam, that's what you got to do. You got to trade the guys while you can trade them and continually restock. That is a prime example of what makes this work, that Tyler Malley deal. And then again with Luis Castillo. I mean, obviously the Reds got a lot back in that deal as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, moving uh, Suarez and Winker worked out pretty good also so you you have to be willing to do that and i know that people it's gonna hurt a little bit to to see some press conference where jonathan indy is putting on whatever jersey he's putting on that's not a cincinnati reds jersey uh but that's the nature of the game these days and i'm okay with it
0: look i think the interesting part of what you're kind of talking about there is there are still people that want to begrudge the reds for making those deals what deal did nick crawl lose on didn't but like like I th- I think you can obviously say well he he gave away Wade Miley for nothing he gave away Tucker Barnhart for nothing let's look at what those guys have done since they've been away like Wade Miley's had a pretty decent year so far for the Brewers but he didn't do very well for the Cubs and he's not I mean he's been fine like yeah everyone else. The they've traded. I mean, Luis Castillo has been the ace that we all know he's going to be, but they also signed him to a massive extension that the reds for whatever reason, weren't willing to sign and they were able to turn the no extension into franchise altering prospects. So I think that there's something we've got, We there's flowers we've got to give Nick crawl on this, but then also think of this because you, you talked about gone are the days of Uh, Teams having multiple players that play their entire career for a team. Uh, Steve, how many people from the 2010 team are still on their team? Still on the Reds? From the 2010 team? Yeah. Uh, None. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Joey Votto. But yeah, that's it. 2012. Joey Joey Votto. Yep. Yeah. The last time that the Reds were good. 2012, Joey Votto. And would you say that the other players that aren't here for their entire careers, the Reds maximize their trade value? No, they did not do that. They missed their windows. No, they were, they were super late on them on every single one of them. The only one that anyone thought the Reds did a good deal for was Johnny Cueto. And that was at the time of the trade that has soon proven to be completely terrible. So there's an element of this that the Reds cannot do what they have done in the past. They cannot wait too long to trade these guys. And that's where we get this trade window that we're talking about with all of these different players. So, You can get lots of value with an extra year of control on guys that really are going to show the talent that we expect. CES, um, Andrew Abbott, Brandon Williamson, Will Benson, Spencer Steer. There's not a single one of those dudes who we expect to be duds. There's not a single one of Alexis Diaz or Nick Graham Ashcraft. I would even throw in TJ Friedel, who's come out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Like, if you'd have told me last year that I would be looking at how many years of team control the Reds have over TJ Friedel and being super excited about it, I'd have been like, you're crazy. Like, this dude's just trying to prove himself. Let's see what he's got. We know what he's got, and he's a pretty solid player all over the field. So I think that... This is the exciting part about this whole team control idea. The reds have these guys for a long, long time. And when we are talking about competitive windows, this is what we're talking about. The earliest that they have to worry about the window, even beginning to close, is 2025, and dare I say, they're going to have the replacements for and guys who might even be better than Jake Fraley, Jonathan Indy, and Tyler Stevenson.
1: As much as I love those guys. And that's a great point. I mean, if you look at Dayton's roster right now, there's two catchers down there that the Reds drafted in and not this most recent draft, but the year before they drafted two catchers in the top five rounds. You know, they're already preparing. I think the writing's on the wall. Nick Crawl's doing it the right way. This is going to be a fun situation to continue to monitor uh the reds do have some prospect capital to spare it'll be interesting to see how they use it or if they use it uh for this season and at the the deadline that's coming up but you know it's going to be fun to watch jeff and it's going to be something that you and i are definitely going to remain dialed in on as the august 1st trade deadline approaches
0: all over because this reds team is going to be good for a while and I think that that is just the, that's something that not a single Reds fan can wrap their mind around right now because they've been so bad for so long. But Nick Kroll has put a plan in place. This team ain't going anywhere. And before we go, we want to let you know that you can catch every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast on Sirius XM by downloading do the SXM app.
1: We'll show you just going to stomp and search every- the word Reds oh my god all right that's gonna do it that wraps up this edition of locked on reds uh the jeff talking edition thanks for making us your first listen everyday folks everydayers keep tuning in we're going to continue to monitor what is going on with this team like i said the august 1st trade deadline it's a coming so we're going to have you covered we're going to be locked in on the transactions the rumors the waivers and the minor leagues and we're going to bring all of that information back and keep you locked on reds every single day
0: I'm abstaining from talking at this point. About time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.